Sometimes when we look at the scriptures and we commemorate a day for one of the saints, it's amazing how their lives mirror the gospel. And that is certainly the case today with St. Vincent de Paul. St. Vincent de Paul was a saint of the 1600s and he worked and lived in France and was rather bright went on for education and then something odd happened. He was kidnapped by pirates. Very odd in the 16th, 17th century actually. But he and his captor sold him into slavery. When he made it through that and received his freedom, he went to school and studied more and it was ordained a priest. His ministry was basically this gospel of Jesus. His heart was moved with pity for the poor, for the sick, for the hungry in 17th century France. If we think of France today, it's, we see it in pictures, but we don't look at the streets, but our own streets. Sometimes in the streets there are the poor, the hungry, and that's why we as a, as a church community support things like Catholic charities, relief services, and the local bishops' uh, missionary appeal. Because those people that were alive in Jesus' day are deceased, but those kinds of people that were alive in Jesus' day are still with us. The poor, the hungry, the troubled, the abandoned. So St. Vincent de Paul, he wasn't a saint at the time, of course, took up the mantle and the challenge. He was an educated person and thought one of the ways to educate the church would be to educate its priests. Now you, you would think, now we look back, the idea of a seminary is not unique, but it was. There weren't many seminaries. Priests were educated by local parishes or under the auspices of a local bishop. But Vincent did something new. He founded seminaries. The word is interesting. Seminary comes from the word semen, seed. So these were places where men who were going to study for priesthood received their nourishment, their nurturing. They were the seeds of the future of the church. So with that in mind, Vincent becomes a patron of seminaries and of priestly education. He gathers a following and the local bishop honors him with a location, gives him a closed monastery of St. Lazare. So he gathers around him a group of people, men and women, who become Lazaruses. They become members of the Lazare community. Later on, that name of his founders and the people he worked with, both the men and the women, changed to his name, Vincenzens. So Vincenzens we have today, even in our own city, we have some Vincenzens. And Daughters of Charity, and there are many branches of the Daughters of Charity throughout the world. The most common in our area are the Sisters of Charity. And in New Jersey, their mother house is in Common Station. 
and I worked with the Sisters of Charity first five years of my ministry when I was teaching at DePaul High School. With that in mind, Sister Julie and I started a ministry at DePaul High School that we called the Christian Service Program. And what it was, it started out with just seniors, but then spread throughout the whole school. We'd get a group of seniors in order to fill their theology credits, academic credits, would go in the field. So we made contact with nursing homes, schools, soup kitchens, and many, and, and, uh, many other places of service in the community in the Wayne, New Jersey area. And we made a deal with them. We'll send you kids and you monitor them and give them direction as to how to serve the poor, whether they were teaching, tutoring, whether they were actually in soup kitchens or um, nursing homes, didn't matter. So with that, the Christian service program took off, honoring St. Vincent de Paul. The following year, more seniors joined, and the following year, juniors, and the rest is history because it's a regular program now at the school, an outreach to the community. Now, when you think about that, that's 21st and, and 20th century when we started it, but it, it carries out the mission of St. Vincent to pay attention to the poor and also to pay attention to theology. So it's not only going out and serving the poor, but it's know what, knowing what you're doing in the name of Christ. And this gospel hits it right on the head. Proclaiming the kingdom of God, both in class, which is what we did, or all the teachers did, and proclaiming the kingdom of God in the streets, in the nurses' homes, in the hospitals, in the schools, in the soup kitchens. See, that's the balance, and there are many kinds of balances we have in the church, the Catholic Church, that, that balances faith and action. Faith, of course, is, comes from our knowledge of the scriptures and the actions, putting that word into action. I mean, as Catholics, we don't just come to church. We come to church to be nurtured on the word and the Eucharist, Christ. And when we leave here, okay, we've had our full, we've had our fill. What do we do with that nurturing? We go out and we care for one another. Now, not every one of us is equipped to teach or work in the soup kitchen or visit a nursing home, but every one of us is equipped with faith in Jesus Christ and the challenge to imitate him and the challenges comes right from him as he says to his disciples that's you and me the harvest is abundant plenty of people out there need us but the laborers are few it's ironic that that was true 2000 years ago and it's true today the number of people both lay and religious serving the poor is not as as importantly and significant numbers as the needs both in the areas of education and poverty and housing and so on but the mission is still there whenever we get a slight indication as to how we can serve we've got to roll up our sleeves as Catholics and do it some of us do it to our jobs, 
Some of us do it right next door at the hospital. Some of us do it in our own homes, taking care of our families who have needs. So that need doesn't necessarily have to be through an organization of the church. 